Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm talking with Fred, Ann, and Julie. Fred and his wife, Mary, raised three girls, and Ann is the middle, and I've been friends with her the majority of my life. Um, she's the sweetest friend, so intentional, I always feel sharper after I've been around her. So I met Julie when she was in early elementary, and I've sort of at a distance watched her grow up and become this confident, bold person. I was sad their oldest daughter, Katie, wasn't able to join us because she's also amazing. Katie drove Ann and I to high school our sophomore year, and it was her senior year. And even, you know, in high school, I was drawn to Katie's character. So while the sisters are unique, I do see similarities in them. They're confident, but humble. They take risks and pursue challenges, but not because they have something to prove or need attention. They do it because they feel compelled to. They are kind, compassionate, and let's just face it, they're fun. You'll always laugh when you're around them. So I was excited to have this conversation because, you know, I knew Fred from that perspective of like, hey, you're my friend's dad, but I really have never talked deeply with him about parenting. So get ready. There is so much good stuff in here. So Fred, tell me what you have like enjoyed most about raising girls. I, I do want to say a couple things before I just start off, and that is uh, I really want to give credit to where credit's due. And so first of all, uh, and most obviously to the Lord, um, you know, when we, um, Mary and I kind of struggled through things, we just were raising kids based on what we'd seen our parents do and... Um, you know, the things that we saw friends doing, tips we got from books and from videos and things like that. And we were just doing kind of the best we could, but we always had the Lord to lean on. And so we, um, we would, you know, look to him for guidance, comfort, direction, peace. And uh, that was important. The second thing I wanted to say is in regard to Mary, um, you know, Mary is uh, over the top, the, you know, the, the big piece of this puzzle that's missing right now. She was invaluable uh, to our home and still is. And, uh, you know, she would be with these girls 10 hours a day, you know, every day. And she was feeding them and playing with them and correcting them and directing them and, <laughs> yes. you know, all of that. And, um, and working so hard at that job for years. Yeah. And, uh, we often, I often said, you you have much more time with them than I do. Right. Your right. impact on them is invaluable. Right. And um, but she loved it. She lived mm-hmm. with them. So um, they aren't here. Uh, well, Lord, <laughs> she's not here. But I just want to say that in her behalf. And I, I want to say the things that I might say tonight are just because you asked from a father's perspective. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just gonna. I'll. I'll lay it out like that, but there's much bigger, too much bigger components to this. So. Absolutely, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So back to your original question, you know, the when I thought about what I uh, and feel uh, what I loved about this is it felt like the greatest adventure. Mm. You know, um, it had everything that any wonderful movie might had. It had, uh, you know, the time growing or having 
with these girls was, um, you know, there was romance, heartbreak, there was <laughs> tragedy, there was triumph, there was near-death experiences, there was um, just, you know, so many things there was uh, that we went through and experienced. Um, and so it was probably the most wonderful thing that I've ever experienced, but it was also probably the hardest thing that I've ever yeah. been through as well. Mm-hmm. So... When your girls were little, because, tell me the ages. When Katie was born, how old was Anne? Uh, She was about two, just a little, 20 months. Okay. And then Julie's like five years years younger younger. than Anne. Okay. Four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She always felt very little when we were, (laughs) you know. Uh, (laughs) But, so when they were little, how did you connect with them? So I, um, as I thought about that, I think there were three areas that I, uh, I thought about the time that I was spending with them. Mm-hmm. I thought about the character that I was projecting to them, uh-huh. and I thought about also the interest I was showing them. So on the um, time side, obviously you can't connect up unless you make the time, and sometimes right. that's what we find hardest to do is just to find that time and carve that out. Um, but on the other hand, you've, I feel like, you know, the things that we really want to do, um, we somehow make time to do those. Exactly, so yeah. It wasn't hard to find that, but it, you do have to work on it. On the character side, I felt like um, I would have a difficult time having the girls gravitate towards me if I didn't um, demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit mm. somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I had to uh, be cognizant of uh, trying to be patient and kind and um, trying to be fair and respectful of them and things like that because ultimately I desired that relationship so yeah. much and I knew I could ruin it pretty quickly um, if I wasn't careful. Yeah. And then on the interest side, um, I felt like I connected with them because I truly wanted them to know how genuinely I wanted to be part of their world. Uh And so I was interested in, I wanted to know when they were little, their dolls' names. I wanted to know (laughs) their, you know, their, who their friends were and what they thought about their teachers and just anything that I could share with Mm -hmm. them and kind of walk along beside them with was a treasure to me and a way that I used to connect with them. That's awesome. Okay. Ann and Julie, tell me, do you remember, so if we talk about the time, his character, and interest, would y'all remember that? Like, does that stick out to you now? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like just every, and that, like, every memory, everything we did, every, every part of everything I remember about my childhood is just with him right there. Yeah. You know, there's no part of it where it's like, oh, when dad was home, it was like this or whatever. It was just fully in right we were just yeah and like even thinking about like the time aspect like right our mom was with us throughout the day but to me my childhood memories so many of them are even around bedtime because that was with dad and he was so invested he was so there he was so present he it it probably only lasted like 10 minutes but for whatever reason like bedtime seems like most of my childhood I think because it was (laughs) so It was such a connected time. He was so intentional. It was like, you know, he was showing the fruits of the spirit. And so I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's funny to think about, you know, that short time of each day, just how impactful it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I've heard, like now as a parent, 
he said to me, like, which really resonates, like, sticks with me. Like, you are maybe the face of Jesus to your children Mm -hmm. for many years, like what they will see. And so if they are seeing like an angry face or always like, yes, we're human, but it's a very heavy burden to carry. Mm -hmm. Like just they're what they, you might be the exposure to, to Christ that they see. So like carry that, um, or, you know, hold on to that carefully. And so, I feel like I've always, that made sense to me when you said that to me, because I've always felt like, well, I really know the heart of God because of how he treated Aww. us, because mm-hmm. of how he, he responded, like mm-hmm. the, the, the quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become mm-hmm. angry, like that, it's yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People and, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just say like people, I've several times over my life, I said, like, has your dad ever yelled at you? <laughs> Honestly, no. Like, well, I'm sure we'll get to like dating and that was definitely stirring talks, but as far as like Very yelling, stern. like we've never seen our dad yell at us. And that is like you were saying, just like responding with the heart of God, like responding yeah. with kindness and, and sometimes discipline, but always exemplifying those fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Fred, what would you say, what kind of disciplines did you have in your life that, because obviously we get the fruit of the spirit comes from the Holy spirit. Like we can't muster up patience. We can't muster up, you know, like those are things that when we just rely on our own strength, we're going to (laughs) yell. Right. So what, what would you say when you, what disciplines did you have in your life that allowed you to have that? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, my parents, we had a loving home growing up, and so I saw the model that I had was my parents and the right. way they handled things. And so they were a pretty low-key couple mm-hmm. uh, also, and they weren't prone to uh, outburst or um, or impatient, very loving kind. And so yeah. my that was my model. Foundation, and, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then I accepted Christ when I was, um, even though I wasn't a Christian growing up, I accepted Christ when I was in college. And certainly there were aspects of my character that changed quickly and then all others that have, are taking a lifetime. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that came from home and then the Holy Spirit obviously is yeah, the yeah. overriding factor in that, yeah. I'm sure. Love that. I think we also saw them spending time with the Lord. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that. But I like remember both you and mom seeing them in the mornings, praying. I've like now seen books of my mom's where she had written prayers and just prayed scripture for us and a book she's given me now as a mom. So I feel like you all had those disciplines in your life of, I don't know if it always looked like waking up early, but just having regular Bible study and, you know, prayer time and all of that and and, um, demonstrating that for us. So yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Would you say, so as they became teenagers, how did spending time with them and connecting with them change or did it? Would you say those things were the same? Um, you know, they, they essentially it was the same three things of mm-hmm. time and, and focused on my character and then also, um, uh, you know, being involved and interested. So they all stayed the same, but they morphed a little bit, obviously, you know, um, I've kidded before, but all three of my daughters turned into other people at 13. <laughs> and, and then they, wow. but fortunately, fortunately, they came back about 19 okay. and they were amazing. But those, those I six years, 
those six years were something else. And that's when we were on our knees in prayer all the time. Right. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Mom's prayer book is bigger those years. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you know, we had... Um, we still uh, v- highly valued things, uh, several things that w- allowed us to connect, which were um, our meal times, our dinner time was mm-hmm. really, really important to us. And so we focused on that. Our, our bedtime ritual to me was, you know, one of the most wonderful times of my day and getting to stand between them going to bed and going to sleep. I had unlimited amount of time. Exactly. You know, they were willing to talk and visit. And so that was beautiful. I love that time. And, um, and, and then we created time that was fairly regular and consistent on the weekend. We, we kind of held Sundays aside for families, even sometimes with the chagrin of our daughters, but we really tried to focus on that. The time, you know, as I, tried to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit through their teenage years. I was probably, I had to compromise in some areas, and um, but I tried to be as fair and consistent as I could be, which um, at times was, you know, all I could muster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I do, uh, one of the things I think, Ivy, that uh, would be important to say, and we were talking a little bit about this the other day, is that you know, we went through, particularly through those teenage years, uh, we struggled and fought and cried and uh, feelings were... Yes, lots of crying. Lots of crying. <laughs> there was, uh, you know, there was lots of uh, emotion in that house and, uh, and you know, there were some real serious, uh, you know, painful times right. that we went through. Um and we, you know, I think we all, we, I'm sure, all relied on our faith, and 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 we all recovered, fortunately. But <laughs> just as an encouragement Mild to wounds. A, yeah. any any family with kids ready to be teenagers, it is a, uh, it is so hard and painful. Yeah. At, at times, I really felt like, uh, you know, yeah, my heart was uh, broken, and I'm sure they felt similar things, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> But it was, uh, but yeah, so it wasn't all, you know, it was tough. Right. Anyway. But even through those, the teenage years, like, I still remember every night my dad would come in and pray over me before bed. And there would be nights where I was so mad at him. (laughs) But how can you, like, harbor anger when this man is coming and praying for you? And I think that was key. Like the nighttime routine, it didn't just stop when we were kids. It continued until we left the house that like he would still pray over me before bed. And, um, you know, sometimes they, I, maybe I didn't pray back. <laughs> I didn't vocally pray cause I was mad at him, but I prayed in my heart, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I'm so thankful that yeah. he continued to do that. So I want to get the practicality of this. So you would, when they were teenagers, you would go in and pray for each one of them. And would you, because teenagers stay up much later. Like, I think we do the bedtime routine with little kids because we're like. I don't know. Our parents are kind of night owls. Yeah. (laughs) They stay up later than us. It would be any time. Like, whenever they were ready to go to bed. Yeah, I think most of the time, yeah, for some crazy reason, we got in a habit of also being up real late. And so they, I don't think they usually beat us to bed. It was about the same time. Yeah. And we were, we also tried to have some bit of discipline about, you know, going to bed because we knew it could easily get out of, you know, it'd be easy to have people stand up all night. And we right. We didn't want that because right. rest was important and all. 
Yeah. Okay. You mentioned also the teenage years, the dinner time. Now, one of the things that I just remember about y'all's family is like meals are not rushed. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> intentional decision because you were like no this is our time or is that just you and mary's style you know what i mean no we were we uh, we tried to be really intentional about that because we knew that was the one opportunity that we could all kind of come together and um and we would try and do it in a in a positive light uh Uh you know it wasn't a time to get uh, you know, air necessarily grievances, but just it was kind of, you know, our goal, Ivy, was to make, um, particularly dinner time, but our home in general, uh, uh, a bit of, uh, you know, as much of a haven as we could, mm-hmm. a safe place, safe mm-hmm. harbor. And the meal time was kind of the heart of that. And so we, we would, uh, you know, the time that we spent was uh, just the, so that everybody could have a chance to talk, that we could talk about highs and lows, what was going on, maybe talk about some current events. We had, we used a, uh, a devotion that was kind of tied to a guessing game that was even fun as they got later, as they got older, yeah. because the winter might not have to help clean up the kitchen. <laughs> um, and we had some uh, table topics, kind of a thing where you'd pull out a card and talk about it around. And I think, um, you know, we... We just started that early on, and we were able to continue it all the way through. So it wasn't like we were kind of throwing something new on them that we when they're thirteen year olds. Yeah, it's like this is something. It was just like, oh, okay, long dinner again. Yeah, or whatever. So. And there's lots and lots of laughter. It's just always fun. Like still to this day, when I come home from my parents' house, come home from a parent, uh, you know, a meal at their house, my husband always says, like, you are the happiest when you come home after being at your sister's house or your parents' house, like every time he's like, I, you know, it's just amazing. And it's true. Like you just, we sit around the table for hours, just laughing at each other and what somebody's done or not at like in a mean way, but (laughs) with each other. Yes. And, um, everybody is so invested in each other's lives. They want to hear every detail about what's going on. And it's just mealtimes are just so special. Yeah. Yeah. And I, all people, I think, crave connection, but I also think girls, you know, we need to process Mm -hmm. and connect on things. And so you created, you gave space for like all three to have time to talk and all of that. You can't gossip with your friends. You can at least gossip with your sisters. (laughs) 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 Um, Now that you're, Girls are adults. What are you most proud of? You know, that's, uh, there's one thing, and that is that they have a, uh, they love the Lord, and they have um, vibrant relationships with Him. And uh, both Katie and Ann are, you know, raising their children to love the Lord, and that's, that's all I could ever ask for. Do you feel like there's anything that your parents did to and maybe also specifically a dad that like supported your relationship with Jesus. You don't just go to church, it's your whole life. Yeah, I feel like it's hard almost to say one thing because it's not like he they were like wake up and spend time with the Lord, although I'm sure they encouraged us to do that because I feel like 
their whole life was really Mm -hmm. like a walk with the Lord. They just demonstrated that. Mm -hmm. I remember like both of them having conversations about Jesus with strangers, with waiters, writing notes, you know, like it was just who, like the culture of our family Mm -hmm. to follow Christ to, there was no like, there were one way at this point and then we go to church and it's different. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like they taught me about what it means to live authentically for Christ. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It was just, (laughs) it was our whole life growing up. That's what we saw. And um, I do remember (laughs) what, like when I was younger, having a quiet time afforded you maybe a little more allowance. So (laughs) that might have been the basis (laughs) when I was a child. (laughs) We got paid for. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, that grew into a relationship I nurtured on my own without. Right. Being, um, it was encouraged with the allowance. <laughs> yes. and it's just like we got paid to read books. Like reading yeah. books now is something I love to do, and I think they saw these like life skills. Yeah. They're like, we'll pay you for it now, and you'll fall in love and then with you'll it. You'll do it the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's hilarious. I vaguely remember your allowance. <laughs> I know, totally. I'm like, this is a great deal. <laughs> I also think. Well, I don't know if, yeah, this goes along those lines. They made sacrifices, I think, for us to to have, I think, what they wanted for us to have as far as knowing Christ and having, like, a connection. So they made, like, a sacrifice to change churches so mm-hmm. that we would have, um, from, I guess, a, a smaller church that was a little further away to a bigger church in in our area so that we would have friends that we were had crossover with and that we were, mm-hmm. that meant we were there all week. And, um, there were always people, you know, at school that were in youth group with us. And I feel like that's what, that was really important to them. And so they formed their life around it yeah. to leave what was familiar and, you know, and invest somewhere else. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember the Benny's bagels dates. I also remember the trips that you would take just with one of your daughters. Like y- you took them each on trips, but wasn't like, but so I want you to talk about that, why you did it, when that happened. Uh, I started that when Katie, so almost 36 years ago now, she was about nine months old. And I started uh, when Mary would finally let me take her out by myself. <laughs> that um, I started taking her on Saturday mornings to uh, McDonald's and, uh, would clip her on the table and um, and we'd talk over breakfast and uh, and so and that just that uh, idea of that one-on-one time and how precious it felt to me uh, just continued on with the girls and so um, being able to have uh, do a, a date or maybe just be involved in an activity with them where I was spending time even shuttling to soccer or whatever I viewed that commute time as as a dear to me and um and uh, so uh, we we still keep that up I hope we can keep this up till I till I go to heaven but uh, <laughs> so I love uh, having a regular time to talk with Katie and Houston um and uh, just do things with the two of them that's very special and so the you know the purpose of that was because I really desired and craved that time with them, but I also wanted them to know um, how much I loved them and valued them, and was in and you know wanted to hear about their life. Yeah. And so that was the reason. Yeah. yeah. 
So when they were, I just think practically about like, okay, you've got, you know, three girls in elementary, junior high, high school, or, and schedules are busy. You're a bit, you have a job and, you know, would, would it happen on a weekly basis? How did you work that out? You know, I think that, um, something changed for me, uh, early in child rearing and that, um, it was kind of a funny little thing. I knew how much I wanted to connect with the girls. And so, as I mentioned earlier, I think people have a way of making time for things you really value. So you may have to cut out some good things, uh, some other good things, but if you, if you're really after that relationship or building that bond, then you just have to make that happen somehow. It's too, it, and to me, it seemed too precious to pass on. But somewhere along the way, there was a question that I filled out on some form somewhere, and it asked me what my favorite hobby was. And at that moment, I, I thought, well, I know my favorite hobby. It is, it's my family. It's my girls. That, that is my hobby. And, and uh, so as the years went by, I, um, I, there were times when I would um, enjoy the fact that that was where I invested myself, that that was where I found um, the joy that some people, uh, you know, like a single guy might find working on a car somewhere. Is I just love that time with the girls. And I think our culture kind of sometimes gravitates us towards thinking that that, that raising children can be an obligation or a, a pressure or an inconvenience. And so, but I, I just didn't go through that. I kind of had a little bit of a paradigm shift there in that regard. And then those trips that you mentioned, those started, I think, when we were 10. Then we had another one at 13, 16, 19, and 21 was kind of the rough um, estimate. So then he took each of the girls on a trip um, during that like monumental year. And so that was always a fun thing to look forward to. And and you um, had to pick where you were going, right? Yeah, right? yeah. So we had some kind of say in it. Um, like one year I was upset. I, you know, I truly believed that I was going to be the next Mia Hamm. <laughs> and my dad took me to a, a U.S. Women's World Cup game in Aww. Washington, D.C. And that was, you know, the highlight mm-hmm. of my, of those years. But we also, um, we, it didn't necessarily have to be expensive trips. We did other things that were just some opportunity where we could get away, you know, right. just, and do, do something. So. Right. Um, do y'all, what do y'all remember from the, like from the breakfast dates or whatever, like when you were little or even, you know, recent? I feel like those, I mean, those Benny's bagels, <laughs> a classic spot. Yeah. Um, so those have been really precious to me, especially in my 20s and into 30s now. Uh, there were just through different seasons of a lot of times we were like, I was living at home, you know, post-college or whatever, and we would like still be going out for breakfast. Or there was a season where we worked in really close buildings when I was living at home and we'd we'd go to Benny's and then go to work in the same car. <laughs> um, and... And then it's continued now as I've been married and then had kids. And for now having kids, that's like a real lifeline for us, like a highlight of our week or every two weeks or whatever it is. Um, 
just getting to meet Bubba, as the grandkids call him, um, at Benny's Bagels. And even, like, as I had, you know, I was postpartum at home, he would bring bagels over to the house. Um, Now we've started going places with a play place so the kids can play while we actually talk. (laughs) But um, I really, thinking back about those times, I feel like that's where, like, our just a different season takes place like a friendship in adulthood, getting to like still share life. And because we have the basis of like sharing life for so many years, it feels very natural to talk about what's going on in life. And and so our topics of conversation have looked so different over the years, just from all sorts of things. Yeah. Boys at some point to marriage and motherhood. And um, so it's always been really special to me. Well, I, I think our kids are can tell if we delight in them or not. And I, I think it's, there are times where I do think our culture makes it feel like, you got these kids, best of luck. To, I mean, it, where it's like this, you know, and I've, I've asked God, because there have been days, honestly, with my boys where I'm like, I am not delighting in this. Like, I do uh, <laughs> not delight in this today. And I just ask God, like, I want to delight in my children, you know, and it just sounds like that time and that your girls were your delight and they knew that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and it's so, um, I have to qualify it and say my role versus what you all, uh, Ivy and Anne, go through raising young children, I can't even imagine how much mm-hmm. more difficult that is. And that's mm-hmm. why I say about Mary, you know, the role that she played in this was mm-hmm. to do the unbelievable, which, you know, yeah. is corral that group mm-hmm. all day and still somehow yes. manage mm-hmm. to come through at the end of the day without somebody being dead. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. uh, I can't eat, you know, it's just beyond me. So I think my role, it was different, but it also was made in much, much um, more straightforward and simple because of, you know, the work of a great mom. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay, so if there a dad walked in here with a new like week old baby girl, what and you could say like one thing, you know, what would you say? I would say that it, I hope uh, I hope you you realize that your um, your life mission just changed. Uh-huh. That um, the single greatest thing that you can attempt to do to the best of your ability is help your daughter have a relationship with mm. Christ yeah. and have and follow him into the future. Yeah. Nothing else is as important as that. So everything that you do, every everything that you think about doing with or for your daughter, um, you know, from this moment on ought to have that as a, kind of a loose filter over it because you know sadly we know some of the stats and they say that even children that are raised in church homes uh, about a third of them fall away and and never come back to their faith and that's horrific Mm -hmm. that's crushing Mm -hmm. that is more than we can you know even get our hands around and so um so my advice 
to all of us, uh, Christian dads, is um, just don't get caught up in, again, what the culture yeah. is trying to convince you is most important about raising children and what success looks like for a child. Because we know at the end of the day and at the end of your life, only one thing mm-hmm. is going to matter. And is it is your child going to be coming to heaven with you? Right. And all else falls away. So... That would be what I would say. Yeah, that's great. So what is your best favorite memory of your dad? So for my 21st birthday, it was always a bucket list item to go skydiving. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I went skydiving together. And, um, you know, it was so fun. Like that whole day, the the training, the anticipation, the, the cute jumpsuit, all of it was so fun <laughs> until... We got on that little crop duster, and now I know what it was. I think I had my first panic attack, and I was just like, I no. cannot do this. I will not do this. You take me down right now. And I just remember looking over my, at my dad and him smiling, being like, this will be the best thing you ever do. Like, just just trust me. You will not regret this. And um, it ended up being the best thing I've ever done. It was so fun. But... Our dad has just always instilled like a sense of adventure in us Mm -hmm. and pushed us forward even when we thought like, this is too much. Um, And I'm so thankful for that because I'd much rather like take those leaps of faith and take those adventures than like miss out on them. Right. Um, So that was really fun. Fred, had you ever been skydiving before? Uh, I had. Oh, okay. So you knew like it would be the the rightest thing. I'm like... Or you're just like, I think this will be, I think this will be okay. <laughs> does, Fred, does it surprise you that Julie, that's something Julie wanted to do? Like, have you, you have, have you been skydiving with your other girls? Uh, I was around them when they, when they skydived <laughs> and yeah, I watched her do it. But, um, uh, so are you saying it was, was I surprised? Was it a surprise that Julie wanted to do that or no? Oh, no, I think that Julie's, uh, you know, we, as Julie said, we've always had fun trying to push the envelope a little bit yeah. on adventure and things like that. And so I, so ultimately, I knew she would love it. And, yeah. And, and I think I didn't want to do it alone. So it was kind of fun that my dad was like, well, sure, I'll do it. I'm, I won't say your age, but I'll go skydiving <laughs> with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was not on the ground watching. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay with you. Okay. And what's your favorite memory? This is so hard because there's. So many, but I feel like as I remember so many things from childhood and post-childhood, many of my favorite moments um, revolve around or involve traveling because Mm -hmm. that is like a huge love of my heart. I think probably because of how we were raised. Um, And something I love about my parents too is like we did all sorts of trips, Mm -hmm. like from camping to Europe. And it was like they just prioritized that in life. It didn't, yeah, I don't know what the travel budget was, but it was like they saved and prioritized to Mm -hmm. take us places that they knew would kind of spark this Mm -hmm. love for traveling us. Yes. So I feel like so many of my memories um, just involve experiencing new places with my parents, with my family, them coming to see us places and wanting to like, experience everything about that and wanting to see where we go and what we do and what we eat and, you know, like just so many precious memories. Um, one that stuck out was just being, we would go to Colorado every year 
because I think it was an inexpensive vacation that we did <laughs> um, in our in the younger years. And um, there was this hike that was kind of like a rite of passage and um, called Horn Peak. And I just remember every part of that day with my dad um, because he didn't take us on like a group hike to it. But All three daughters. Yeah. yeah, it was like he did it. Every person had their year. So like when it was my year, I just remember every part of that day getting up early um, being on the mountaintop together. And then Aww. we had some, we, we, was it just the two of y'all? Just the two of us. It may, okay. may have been really slow because at the top it was just us. But yes, oh, that you're like, we started with a group. And, <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be a group. No, no. we, that the experience was just the two of us, oh, um, wow. with some other hikers, but we were on the summit together. That's what I remember. Just That's the two awesome. of us. That's um, so and that has like always been just a special memory just yeah. that, that day. Mm -hmm. But really travel I think I have to look back and say that was because not mm -hmm. only do they like take you to a place I feel like but they're very much like and that's just how my parents are like very much experience oriented right. so it's like we're not just going to go here we're going to go here and we're going to listen to this song and mm -hmm. eat this piece of food and we're going to have this experience yeah and it doesn't mean it's fancy but it just means like we'll remember it forever, forever. It forever. yes yeah. and so and I remember y'all taking a family trip it was, was it like a third world country? Ecuador. We went to Ecuador. Yes. <laughs> so that's a good, we went to Ecuador and we stayed in the home of a missionary right. and we got to experience some of the life of that missionary. And that was like very formational, I yeah. think, to all of us. I remember Aunt every part of that. Missionary. Probably <laughs> because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Dad got food poisoning and his face was completely green. And, um, but like those, those experiences, it's just different than like going and, staying in you know yeah. a hotel somewhere yeah. which mm -hmm. we also did but those I feel like they just kind of went out of the way to to make something memorable mm -hmm. and special and mm -hmm. so cool um okay so this is a good one what is something that you rolled your eyes over and were so annoyed by that he did that now you're like mm, that was kind of a good idea thank you for doing that uh, well, <laughs> Julie's rolling her eyes right now. Literally rolling my eyes. They're still rolling. Uh, you have to appreciate it now. Uh, yes. Yeah, maybe no. we won't discuss the things you're still resentful for. No. Somewhat happy. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, dating was a hard thing between us. It really yeah. was. And, you know, I had my first boyfriend, I think, in fourth grade, and then I got married at 28. So that's a big chunk of time. A lot of eye rolling in that. <laughs> And, you know, I, I am, it, I definitely am sad at some of like, you know, there was a lot of frustration. There were a lot of tears. Yeah. There were, you know, missed opportunities for connection because it was, um, you know, at times tumultuous. But I mean, yes, at the end of the day, I'm so thankful that he took a hard stance, um, harder, I think, than most on dating because I'm married to an amazing man that I love so much. And, you know, the circumstances may have been, have been different. And I'm not willing yet to admit this to him, <laughs> but I I could see how one, if they had a daughter, would definitely want to implement some of the Fred Hinnikausen dating hacks. Like, I, I will want to protect my daughter the right. way that my dad did. Right. And I, I'm, I'm not admitting that yet to you, but I could see how I mean, one day I would want to. <laughs> what, what, Fred, what... <laughs> Then this maybe should just be its own podcast. We should maybe just create a whole a special. episode. <laughs> on dating. On dating. Yeah, it's a whole thing. What, what is your thoughts on dating? What, what were you... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, my first thought is that uh, I was a teenage boy. Right. And with the wrong perspective and wrong motives. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that, that unfortunately clouds everything. <laughs> and uh, th- that begins to, you know, that then is why we um, decided to be a little bit more bold about the whole, uh, about dating and right. about how we tried to understand uh, young men that wanted to date uh, our daughters that we we wanted if they wanted to take out this seven billion dollar child of theirs, right. then we needed to know uh, uh, you know a lot about them, and uh, and so we did. We'd sit down and talk, and we'd try and understand character and morals and commitments, and um, and just try and understand more. And then based on that would be how much kind of flexibility we felt like. <laughs> we would let that daughter have, but um, you know, and it was uh, that whole dating experience was a time when I really felt like, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a challenge. I felt like I had to be vigilant, and mm-hmm. um, I had to be at times uh, covert in my <laughs> activities. Um, I had to, I had to trust but verify. And um, and we prayed a lot, you know. You, yeah. you when you let your daughter go out with a young driver, uh, you know, yes. just that alone is somewhat terrifying, right? You know, so um, it was just yeah, lots of prayer, but uh, we just tried to take each person separately and seriously, and we didn't treat people differently. We just uh, you know asked the same kind of questions, and um, and so. Yeah, anyway, and I do think it's like it, that's embarrassing for a teenager to be like, mm-hmm. my dad has to talk to you. Oh yeah, like oh, it's, it's yeah, like once a week, my dad has to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, really? Then I don't want to date you. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know. he should have welcomed. Like if he's not up for it, right? <laughs> and my boyfriend doesn't want to date me. <laughs> yeah, but in the grand scheme, it's like. We did. We're a 15, 16 yeah. year old, 17 year old girl does not have the perspective. That yeah, right. Your dad does. So, mm-hmm. you know, but that created, I'm sure, tension for mm-hmm. y'all too, you know, just mm-hmm. hard. Eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> An eye roll. And, but know. yes, I am, I will say, I am thankful now, absolutely, yes. because it led right. me to where I am today and yeah. my life could look a lot different. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, in the story, goes with Christian, who's Katie's husband, that he came to you, and you all already had a relationship because you knew each other through church, um, but he came to you asking if he could take her to prom, and (laughs) didn't say yes. (laughs) You gave him a questionnaire. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And was it then that he had to read a couple books, or was that when they were starting to date? You had a couple books he had to come back? Okay, the questionnaire, a couple books, but yes, that <laughs> just go to prom. So did he take her to prom? They went to prom. Okay, he did. Yeah, in fact, um, it was. I gave him some questions that I thought might take uh, a mere mortal a couple of days to answer, <laughs> but he was back at midnight with his answers to the questions. So, wow, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> so, he really wanted to go to prom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
What about you? What and what are you? What did you roll? Same thing. Something I rolled my eyes. Yes. Well, yes, but Julie covered it. So yes, and I had a much more extreme experience too. <laughs> but yes, like as I was getting married, it was the season where a lot of my friends had gotten married, and most of that the experience is like a dinner with dad, and you get the blessing and. Um, the person I was dating at the time, who's now my husband, I, I think he knew enough that it wasn't going to go like that, but he came to you wanting to start the conversation or I don't know how that went, but so they started meeting weekly for the summer and, um, and you had something going on that summer. And so I remember now we talked about it and he said like, it was I was always trying to nail down the dates because I was trying to get the meetings (laughs) to get all our material covered so I could finally propose. Um, But it took a lot of meetings and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of backstory and talking about life. And um, and so anyway, that was, but he was prepared, you know, when it's the right one, they're willing to to do it, exactly, to have the meeting. So, um, but anyway, my... The thing I rolled my eyes about, maybe just more practically, um, was like that sacred Sunday idea. Growing up, it was like we could not Mm -hmm. do anything on Sunday if Mm -hmm. it was like friends hanging out at Ivy's house. If it was... I played club soccer. I couldn't go to like soccer practices or I'd have to... Like, I, yeah, I was like, they knew Julie can't come. Someplace. It was like very non-negotiable that we could, like, we, we couldn't do any sort of study group or whatever on Sunday... And I like thinking back about that, I think like that really took a lot of resiliency because then you had to like hang out and have family fun day with like mm. three sulky teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was like, it was just non-negotiable. And now I appreciate that as a parent because yeah. I'm like, well, that might be the only time you get, I mean, you know, things just fill up. Yes. Things yes. fill up when you have a five-year-old. Yes. And, um, and so it was very like, we just don't do that. And we've yeah we've taken that into our life just the rhythm of sunday like we mm-hmm. just saying no to things that are good yeah. wonderful things yeah. but we just we always had to say no and it yeah. came with a lot of tears oh, yeah. and Fighting turmoil every time, every time we felt like convincing it wasn't like they just made us sit home we had a fun sunday night tradition which was we made hamburger helper or riceroni every sunday <laughs> night and then we watched an episode, the new episode of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> so it was like something we, like, we got to do something fun. Or, or we would, like, do a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, dur- yeah, going yeah. out during the yeah. day and doing a and movie I, in I'll the theater. I'll qualify a little bit by saying we <laughs> we did say that they could invite anybody with mm. us. So it wasn't as if we were trying to say yeah. you can't have connections with friends. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh. Just have to, Their yeah. friends could come. Okay. Strangely, most of the time they didn't want them. I think they were so mad. Our friends had better things to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, they were out shopping. <laughs> I don't remember ever getting that invite. So, come over for Touch by an Angel. I just remember we'd be planning something. And we'd be like, Anne, come on. Can't you come this one time? I really can't. And Anne let me ask my dad. <laughs> and we'd all be like, the answer's going to be no. <laughs> Maybe it changed from last week. Right. I will say there was, um, just to give a perspective from the other side, um, it did create um, a lot of pressure on us because we knew that time could be valuable, just depending on everybody's attitude at the time. Right. Earlier years, wonderful. You know, then... Preteens, pretty nice. Then teenagers, oh, some kind of difficult. But 
Um, but for us, we couldn't just say, we'll come home and sit at the house because that was, what was that about? That wouldn't be right. So for us, it meant, um, doing, having some traditions like trying a favorite, uh, or trying a new restaurant, uh, not fancy restaurants, but just trying a new restaurant each Sunday after church or, um, and then maybe going to a new park or downtown or to Fort Worth or just doing something as a family, going to a movie or whatever the case would be. Um, because, uh, yeah, because we wanted to create something that was engaging for all of us to do together. So, right. um, but anyway, so. that's good. Man, I forgot about the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, and you now have, daughters so what is it that you hope like what is it something that you received that you hope that your daughters receive from their home from their yes you know so much of what they'll receive is from jason because like we talked about mothers have like a very unique different um role in children's lives and jason and my dad are very different in so many ways um which just is wonderful and, and perfect for me, but they're also very alike in a lot of ways, like how they father. And I, I, something that, um, that I really appreciate and you don't really know about how someone is as a father when you marry them. And I'm just so thankful that Jason does this is he really, I've, I've seen both of them really consciously say no to a lot of good things in their lives. Um, it so that they can be present. Mm -hmm. And so I think presence is what just the thing I want for my daughters and my son. Um, and that I feel like we really had with our parents, they were just there for Mm -hmm. everything, Mm -hmm. every, you know, little thing, even now they just want to be present. They want to be there and see, you know, maybe they're the only parents there, Mm -hmm. but they just want to come see it, you know, whatever it is. And I, um, I'm so thankful that my husband values that with our daughters and son too, yeah. of just being willing to say no to other, like, you know, hangouts with, you know, other guys or whatever, just being willing to say no to good things. And I think that that's hard for us as parents because we want to sometimes keep up all the other things going on in our lives yes. and that those hobbies and things like that, that feel good and maybe you know, make us feel like we have life outside of our home. But, but I'm, yeah, just so thankful that, that he shares that, that, you know, the most important thing we're doing is, um, is shepherding these three little lives in front of us. And that takes being there and seeing every moment and experiencing every moment and shepherding every moment and, um, and being the face of Christ to them. So I'm very thankful that he is my partner in that. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. And speaking of partners, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say how incredible my three mm-hmm. uh, new sons are. They right. are amazing men, and somehow mm-hmm. they persevered through my crazy <laughs> yes. uh, interrogation. They became even more amazing yeah. than you interrogated. Yeah, well, yeah that, which means that they must be I think they feel like they entered really a club. Yes. Yes. An exclusive but, club. No, it's just that they're, they're wonderful men, and thank goodness that they uh, didn't get detracted by mm-hmm. me along the way. Um, but they're, they're wonderful, and each of them so unique, and each mm-hmm. of them seem to fit their personality is just wonderfully yeah you probably really know them like you know their character you know their, yeah. you know 
where a lot of, you know, father-in-laws, they don't get to know their son-in-law until you're in it, you know? I'd love to uh, be able to uh, foster a relationship where we were, we could stay close mm-hmm. through the years. Yeah. So that would be, uh, yeah. that would be a dream also. Yeah. For me, so. And can I say one more thing on that yeah. question? So, yeah. um, the thing that I feel like I experienced as like a young child that I experience now as an adult that I hope to my, if I have a daughter one day that she'll experience is just, um, just the interest that my dad took. Like he was so invested and present in what we wanted to accomplish as children. Mm. Um, like I remember I'm taking everything back to soccer, but that was a big turn. <laughs> my childhood is yeah. I became obsessed with wanting to do this like flip throw in do you remember that? Like you do a front handspring and then you throw in the soccer roll. Really weird. But I, in my mind, I became obsessed with it. And I remember like the second I told my dad about it, he was like, okay, well, what, what do I need to do to help foster this goal in you? Do I need, do we need to buy a trampoline? Like who can we reach out to that can teach you how to do this? And it wasn't until like I had the self-realization that like this body wasn't made to do that. But then he like, you know, took a step back. But until, if, if I don't, you know, say halt on a dream, like he's going to be there right by my yes. side. And I've yes. experienced that as an adult. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just the, like it instills in you like a sense of confidence. Like I'm not overwhelmingly talented, but I feel like I could do anything I want in the world. And, you know, I think it comes from like knowing who you are in Christ, yeah. but also just being empowered as a child and like my sisters have accomplished like the most amazing things. And, um, like I'm lagging somewhere behind, but so I just, I just no. am so it, it's amazing to have like, um, that sense because you're going to f- fall down. You're going to face adversity, but if you like know who you are, you know what you're capable mm-hmm. of. Um, it just like gives you the fighting spirit to pick yourself up and keep going. And, um, I just, I mean, my dad took interest in making our mm-hmm. dreams possible, Aww. and that is so special. And I will just say, he <laughs> is not a perfect man, but I really do believe like he is a nearly perfect father mm. um, to me and to my sisters. And I think I just think he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww, thank you. <laughs> so good. Well, Fred, do you have any last words that you want to share? Oh, I'm all out. <laughs> it's, it's just been the greatest thing, that, uh, and I'm so thankful that um, you asked us to do this, Ivy, because it helped me just to have some time to really reflect and think about yeah. um, those these past years, and they've just been yeah. this, you know, hard, really hard at times, and yet um, most wonderful experience mm-hmm. I've had, and. Uh, I just appreciate so much the Lord uh, blessing me with these three fine daughters. When I think back to junior high and high school, I remember thinking Fred and Mary were good people. Like, they were patient and kind and made thoughtful and wise choices. But at the time, I didn't think too deeply about where that came from. I mean, let's be honest, I was more focused on like, the tryouts for the weekend halftime show, or like what I was going to wear to homecoming. But I left this conversation with absolute clarity on where those qualities came from. Fred and Mary are people that really know Jesus, and not in a way like, hey, we follow rules and go to church. 
but this daily moment by moment of we need Jesus. And because of that, Katie, Anne, and Julie got to see Jesus because they saw him through their parents early on. And can I be really honest for a second? I left this conversation and and sort of had a hard time falling asleep that night. I had these thoughts of inadequacy, I guess, like these questions of, can I ever be that kind of parent? Am I doing a good job of showing my children the face of Jesus? And as I processed and prayed through those thoughts, this truth was spoken to me, that the invitation is open to each one of us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that leads us towards a life that reflects His character. The invitation is open to each one of us, not just Fred, not just Mary. It is open to each one of us to have a moment-by-moment real relationship with Jesus Christ that leads us towards a life that reflects His character. And truly, Fred and Mary, they're not in some like elite group of parents or like, you know, upper echelon of people that, hey, you really get to know Jesus and you get to do this well. No, that each one of us, you and me, we all get the invitation to really know Jesus and follow him. And through that relationship, we begin to have the fruits of the Spirit where all of a sudden our actions look like Jesus's. And that is why Fred could sit there today and answer the questions the way he did. And his daughters were able to confidently and honestly say what they experienced from their parents. It wasn't because they had the special role or something that is unattainable for you and I. We can do it because we have the invitation from Jesus Christ to follow Him. And if you're sitting there listening going, this is confusing to me, but I want to know more, or I just have some questions about how this works, like for real, send me an email. I promise, send me an email, and I would love nothing more than to begin a conversation with you. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.